a privilege to be here with you guys. Um, and the message that I got in my heart, I actually got the title a couple of weeks ago, but I was only asked to preach about a week ago. So, <laughs> um, so God just kind of just hit me and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know where that's going to go, but great. <laughs> and so the, I just kind of feel that God wants to sow something into our lives this morning. Because I don't come to church for tradition. I don't, I don't come to church just to hear a good pep talk. I can, I can listen to a TED talk anytime I want. Um, but I come to hear what God wants to sow into my heart. What, what he wants to do, what he wants to impart into me, how I can influence others around me. It's, to me, it's a supernatural uh, event of the week. It's not just something natural. You know, there's a song before and there's just a phrase in it. It says, from generation to generation. And then I think uh, Dave mentioned the same, is it Dave? Is that who did communion? Mentioned the same kind of phrase in communion. And as soon as we it sung or I saw it on the screen, I just felt something and God impart something. And I believe that many of us here are people who actually have a heart for the generations that come after us. Now you might think, oh, that's normal, like God has a heart for generations. But I do actually think that when you meet some people, they actually become nearly impregnated with something, that they carry a baton that they know if they carry theirs well, then they'll pass it down world and so on. And you don't always meet the people that carry that with intentionality. But I felt like in this room, there are people that carry that with intentionality. And I just want to honor that on your life and stir that up to believe that what God has on your life, he wants to see that be passed on. If you have faith and right now, your children are unsaved. I want you to begin to stir your faith over the coming months and this year to go, yes, God, what I carry, I am going to pass on. It's not going to end with me. That if you're raising young children right now, it is a very hard season sometimes when they're really little, but I want you to stir up your faith to believe that you will impart something that is strong, that you will impart something that actually causes a legacy to go forward, that it doesn't stop with you and that, that innate thing that in you to go, God, I know that you've got more on my life than just me. I want to raise that in you and say, God, I'm going to go after it. God, I'm going to stir it up within me and get that baton of faith and pass it to someone else. Don't allow yourself to think, oh, it's okay. I'll just settle for the influence I have. It's okay. I'll just settle for what I know. But I want you to believe that God has put you on earth to pass that on to pass it on from generation to generation, whether you have children or whether you don't, is that God wants to stir us. So Holy Spirit, whoever is in this room right now that feels a stirring in their spirit, God, I pray that you would rise faith inside of them. God, rise faith inside of them to be people who parent with intentionality, to be people who show love and kindness in the details. Father God, that see their spiritual life as not just their own bubble, but as an influence to the world, Father God. And those of us who are yet to be stirred, I pray that, God, you would move something in the waters. God, I thank you, Father God, that you go from generation to generation. And the strength of the kingdom of God is in that very fact. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this, this morning, I remember a few weeks ago, <laughs> I was at the beach. Who likes the beach? It's never been my favorite, but it's kind of growing on me. So I'm sitting at a cafe, and it was growing on me. <laughs> and I was like, I could move to the beach. Like, I was sitting looking out. I was at Port Macquarie. I thought, I could live here. So as you do, I put a picture on social media and was like, I could move here. And my sister, and I, then I made a comment just in little and said, but everyone knows I'm far too calculated for that. 
Um, because I'm kind of a person that I need to hear from God, I need to know that God said, and I kind of, you know, dot all my eyes and cross all my T's. And um, I'm just not whimsical like that. And my sister messaged back and goes, maybe you should be more whimsical. <laughs> and I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes is we have good ideas and they're kind of, we entertain them. And it reminded me of another time in my life when I actually wasn't doing really great. And I was finding life really, really hard. And unlike that, when it was kind of a whimsical idea, I had an idea and I thought, that is what I'm going to do. Forget calculation, forget dotting the I's and crossing the T's. I'm going to do that. And so I rang the missionary in Thailand and said I wouldn't mind coming to Thailand. (laughs) And so I'm in a really hard season. I was full-time in ministry living in South Australia. And I was like, yep, I want out. Like, get me out of here. This is way too much. This hurts too hard. And so I rang up and was like, hey, so what do you guys do? And how could I be involved? And can you not tell my boss? (laughs) Because he might kill me. (laughs) Um, But I was like, I wanted to run straight to Thailand because I didn't like what was happening in my world. And what I want to talk about this morning is how to walk when all you want to do is run. How to walk when all you want to do is run. Now, I know we all go through stuff. Well, I know I do, so if you guys don't, well, God bless Armadale. <laughs> but life can be really, uh, really tough. And there's more than one reason or many reasons that can make us go, I want out. I don't, I don't really, I'm not into this, I don't want to do this anymore, so what's the next best solution? And find it. Or we can stay present in our situation and yet we can run to Netflix or run to being a gym junkie or run to food or we can run to shopping. We can run just to get out of what we're in. Currently, um, been walking a journey this year with a friend of mine um, just about stuff in our seasons and we've kind of been going parallel and going, God, what are you doing? And just realizing that you can't cut a process short. So you either walk through it or you leave it. It's kind of, that's the two choices. There's no, um, no in between. But the temptation to leave it and quit is, can get very, very high at times. So I felt Holy Spirit wanted to bring some things to our mind this morning and As I was preparing, the one thought or verse that really struck to me was Psalm 23. It says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It says, Even though I walk through. I thought, it's a shame it doesn't say, even though I run through. Because if I was going in a dark valley, there is no way I'd be walking. Like, not a chance. If it's a dark valley, and I imagine a valley being in a high mountain straight path, which is probably not, but, you know, um, I'd be looking for the nearest exit. Like, I would be looking at anything that looked like on the other side or up so I can get a different view, like, get me out of here. If not, I'd be running. But yet this says, I'm just going for a walk. Like, why, why, why is that? I don't know if you've ever walked at night, but, you know, if you start getting a bit like this is getting dark, it's that darkest feeling, you don't just think that's okay, I just keep my casual walk going like no you're out of there like you are okay where's my car Wait, let, let me get out but yet this is even though I walk through the darkest valley I'll fear no evil and so that tells me that there's a way to walk through it 
that there's a way to walk the process even though you just want to hijack the process. And in the Passion Translation, it says, you remain close to me and lead me all the way through. He's going to lead you all the way through and not leave you halfway. That even though you can kind of see an out or you think I need to get a different viewpoint or I need to run over there because that looks better or that job offer would be better for me right now, um, is that, no, God, I'm going, to, I'm going to submit to this process and we're going to get all the way through this and we're going to see the outcome was far better than if I escaped it. Far better than if I escaped it. So what is going on in your life right now? What's stressing you? What's pressuring you? What are you feeling like you want to run from but you need to walk through? What's challenging you to stop giving financially? What's challenging you to forget about speaking kindly and just be sharp with people? Because we can easily want to run out on life. But we need to catch it and go, you know what, God? I'm going I'm to submit and walk through this process. Not just to survive and go with our coping mechanisms, but how to walk well when all we want to do is run. The thing about walking is we can be far more intentional when we're walking than when we're in a frenzy and running out of darkness. And so God wants to bring a level of intentionality to your season. He wants to bring a level of fruit to your season that you wouldn't see or go through if you just ran in a frenzy. And so there's one person in the Word that walked through a lot. <laughs> a lot of people in the Word walk through a lot. Uh, this person probably walked through more than I have in my life. Well, not probably, did. More in a day than I have in a lifetime. And we might know the story, like when we come to the Word, we know a lot of stories. Um, but this, this person carried themselves and not faltered once. This person went through disengagement of friends and betrayal and yet not faltered once. Went through the anger and embarrassment or ridicule of others and yet not faltered once. And I don't know about you, but I falter quite a bit. And so I want to learn from someone who doesn't falter ever. And so if you've got your Bibles today, we're going to turn to Matthew 26, 36. And that uh, person that never faltered is uh, my favorite person in the world, and that would be Jesus. But we know this story, but we need to just sit back and go, God, what do you want to speak to us about today? What do you want to speak to us? Jesus, it says in verse 36, then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard called the oil press. He told them, sit here while I go and pray over there. He took Peter, Jacob and John with him. However, an intense feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. And he said to them, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Stay and keep watch with me. Then he walked a short distance away and, and overcome with grief, grief, he threw himself face down on the ground and prayed, my father, if there is any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. Yet what I want is not important, for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Then an angel from heaven appeared to strengthen him. Later he came back to his three disciples, found them all sound asleep. He awakened Peter and said, 
Do you lack the strength to stay awake with me for even just one hour? Keep alert and pray that you'll be spared from this time of testing. You should have learned by now that your spirit is eager enough, but your humanity is weak. Then he left them for a second time to pray in solitude. He said to God, my father, if there is not a way that you can deliver me from this suffering, then your will must be done. He came back to his disciples and found them as sound asleep, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he left them and went away to pray for the third time. When he returned again to his disciples, he awoke them saying, are you still sleeping and resting? Don't you know that the hour has come for the son of man to be handed over to the authority of sinful men? Get up and let's go for the betrayer has arrived. So obviously here we have the disengagement of friends. And I don't know if you've ever been through stuff, but your friends see utterly unaware. I remember when I was going through um, a really hard season, it just felt like no one knew. I was like, how can you not know? Like, I feel like I'm a mess all the time. I'm operating at 60% of my capacity. Like, how can you not see, you know? Um, and just people just disengaged and in their, their own worlds. And that's what Jesus is going through. And maybe you feel like that, that you're crying out from every way that you think is possible. And yet there's an, a disengagement with those in your community. And I want to tell you that Jesus knows what that feels like. He knows what that feels like. But when we, when we need a walk and all we want to do is run, the first thing I think that God wants to show us today is that we need to pour it out to him. We need to absolutely pour out our emotion and express it to him. I don't care if you're an introvert, an extrovert, male, female, rah-rah like me or quiet. All of us have a way of expressing what we, what's going on in the inside. And it's going to look different for every single one of us, but we need to get it out and get it to God. For me... When I see people suppressing their emotions, suppressing their journey, all it does is causes a kickback on those they love. Just like sends flares out that it like just hit people negatively. We need to get it out. It's a good start. But I don't mean get it out all over town. I mean get it out to God. Why God? Because one, he has the power to change it. Two, he wants to know you. Three, he's uh, far more supernatural than our friends. Um, But four, we're actually in relationship with him. He wants to know this. And I'm pretty sure we want to develop relationship with him, but we can sometimes think, no, I'm all good. I've got to pretend I'm all good. Uh, Nope. If I've got a friend and they're trying to pretend it's all good, I'm like, am I not your friend? We go to Jesus and try and keep up our pretense and think that he wants us to have it all together. Or we go, well, he already knows. But for your sake and his, he wants you to tell him. And you've got to get it out. It doesn't have to look like it does for me. You've got to get it out. What I actually love in this moment is that Jesus calls it what it is. He doesn't come and kind of go, Holy Father, um, I'm not super keen about this little moment that's about to happen, um, but it'll be okay, like I'll survive. He's like, can you please get this suffering away? <laughs> like, He doesn't try and sugarcoat it with religious words. He's not trying to, um, you know, oh, like I know I've got to save mankind. He just says, this is suffering. And I'd love it if I didn't have to go through it. 
And yet you and I seem to think we got to come and we got to go, oh, like I know, like I know that, you know, being a mum's really important and, you know, um, and you feel guilty because you feel like I can't do it. And so instead of just being, God, I feel powerless and coming to the foot of the cross or your best friend, your king, your saviour and going, I feel like I'm not good enough for this, God. I feel like I can't do this. We go, oh, and I know, like, you really want me to do well, and, you know, um, I'm trying my hardest, but, you know, if you could just help me a little bit, we kind of, like, we bottle it up still, and we think we've got to keep up some pretense instead of actually just coming and going, God, I desperately, I desperately need some help here. Like, I feel like everyone's abandoned me. Well, God, I felt like you opened this job opportunity, and it is, well, it's hell. Right, God can cope with that. Like God wants that from us. He's the real deal. Because I know when I bottle stuff up, man, it just makes that frenzy go even more and makes me want to run. We've got to pour it out. We've got to pour it out and know that God's got you. He has got you. We need to be real. We need to be real. The second thing I see in the life of Jesus is also in Matthew 26, just following that, actually. <laughs> this is crazy. Like, you know, when you read stuff, I read something the word the other day and I thought, that's mental. Like, <laughs> I can't do that. And that's why we're looking at Jesus. At that moment, Judas, his once trusted disciple, appeared along with a large crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They'd been sent to arrest Jesus by ordering by the order of the ruling priests and Jewish religious leaders. Now, Judas, the traitor, had arranged to give them a signal that would identify Jesus, for he had told them, Jesus is the one whom I will kiss, so grab him. Judas quickly stepped up to Jesus and said, Shalom, Rabbi, and he kissed him on both cheeks. Now, Jesus knew that this was betrayal, and this is what Jesus said, My beloved friend, is this why you've come? My beloved friend, is this why you've come? You know, I've, my hardest days were when I felt betrayed by people. And the last thing I wanted to do was go, hey, bestie, how you doing? That was not really what was going on in my heart at all. And yet Jesus here, he knows he's about to face the greatest season of suffering in his life. And not just for the torture, but he's about to have the weight of the world and our sin put on his shoulders. And he knows that there's this one guy that's going to about to kickstart that process. And he says, my beloved friend. You know what it tells me? That when we're in our dark valleys... When we're going through stuff, is that the small things matter. Specifically, how we treat people. How we treat people. You see, when I'm going through stuff, I can make it all about me. I can get in my little frenzy and uh, 
and want the people I live with to just be like, oh, but did you know this? And what about that? And what about this? And then even when I come to church, to be like, God, I need you, I need you. Did you not know that I'm going through a hard time? And yet Jesus, he comes and he says, my beloved friend. Do I have the capacity when I'm going through my valley to respond to people with kindness? Because I think that's how you begin to walk instead of run, is you begin to pick up the little things and you begin to become intentional on them. It's hard. But if we let all the little things pile up, it only increases the frenzy and causes us to run. But when we begin to notice them, it actually sets us up to walk successfully through. You'll also notice um, at the end of John 25, which is kind of in the same story, Mary, Jesus' mother, was standing next to the cross along with Mary's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, I think it is, and Mary Magdalene. So when Jesus looked down and saw the disciple he loved standing with her, he said, Mother, look, John will be a son to you. Then he said, John, look, she will be a mother to you. From that day on, John accepted Mary into his home as one of his own family. So Jesus is hanging on the cross, going through more than you and I have ever gone through, and yet he remembers people. He takes the time to heal and look after their hearts. And when I'm going through stuff, it can be hard to actually become others-focused. It can become hard to look outside of myself. But you know, when we become others-focused, it's like giving a charity. It actually produces something in us that brings pleasure. And sometimes I sometimes notice myself getting in a rut and I'll go, who can I cook something for? (laughs) Because we think it's going to add to our load, but in fact, it releases it. And so often we can be in church life, and this might be you right now, and you think, yeah, I can't volunteer anymore. I've, I've got way too much on my plate. There's too much going on. I need out. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just need to rock up and go, God, who do you want me to bless today? And get your eyes off yourself and go, God, who's having a hard time? Who needs prayer right now? I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it'll get us through. And I'm saying that that's what intentionality, following Jesus, looks like. No one ever said following Jesus was easy. And if you think it is, eh, you're probably in the wrong place. (laughs) Or we need to have just a reshape, maybe. Following Jesus is the real deal. Sacrificing ourselves, laying our lives on the line, picking up our cross and following him, making small decisions that are hard, but when they're really important. That when we're really stressed out on life or work's a bit too much and we get home and family pressure and then we go, wait a second, I need to make sure my wife's okay today. I need to make sure that my kids know that their dad loves them. Or when the kids are like stressing you out as a mom and you get home or your husband gets home and you then realise, oh my goodness, I'm not, I'm not ready for this. And you just go, hey, well, let's just take five. Or maybe you're a single parent and you think, what the heck, I never, never have time for this. And then you just get busy in the, the mainstream of life and your own personal emotions are getting in the mix of everything. And then you go, hang on a second, when was the last time I just kind of sat and 
had a hug or said, how's your day at eight o'clock at night when kids want to talk and they, you just want to go to bed. <laughs> you know, for those of us that don't live in marriage scenarios but come home to people and think, oh, great, sometimes it's hard to respond nicely. But they're the things that matter to Jesus. People matter to Jesus. And I, I just love a saviour that in the midst of hardship, he just doesn't stop being who he is. He just keeps reaching out and says, I love you. I've got your back. I mean, he healed the man with the, that got the ear chopped off, if you know the story. One of his disciples chops this guy's ear off and Jesus just heals him. Thank God, where's my capacity to have compassion and show healing in my, in my dark valley? And I don't think it's easy, but I think when we begin to pour out what's really going on, we kind of get it off us a little bit. And then we just take one step at a time. I'm about to go to church. Yeah, God, I'm not ready for this, but yep, God, just give me one person to encourage today. Get home, still feeling tough. Okay, God, just going to have lunch. What's on your agenda? Might be nothing. Great, have a good afternoon. Tomorrow you've got work. Okay, God, help me to actually say hello to my colleagues today. Because those things matter. Not just to those people or to Jesus, but to your health and your life. That they will help prevent the frenzy going further. You know, for me, one of the things that I watch for is I live with my parents and I look, I look super young, but yeah, I'm still living at home. Um, um, I look super old, I probably should say the other way around. Anyway, um, so I can tell that one of the telltale signs that life's getting to me is that I become really sharp with my dad. And so if, I, if my response begins to just kind of, whoo, Bethany, that's a bit much, is I know that I've got a... I need to be more intentional. That instead of just kind of going, yep, okay, going through my... I need to actually stop and go, right, the next thing you say, you need to watch it. So I actually need to walk slower because it helps me become more intentional. So I don't want to actually run out the darkest valley because most likely I'll tread all over my dad and that's not really a positive thing for either of us. But if I walk through my valley, then I'm going to get through it a lot more intentionally. And so what, is this, what are the telltale signs for you? When you begin to snap, you think, oh, before this goes any further, God, help me walk this out. Help me walk this out. Cool thing is, God gives us his spirit, empowers us to do that every day. Again, it doesn't mean it's easy, but it's going to help us walk through the process and get to where God wants us to go. Which leads to the next thing. Do you actually think God wants you to go anywhere or do you just think he's giving you a hard time? I mean, honestly, it can sometimes feel like, what is this? This is going nowhere. This person I've been having a conversation with, we've both been talking and, you know, sometimes it's like, I am struggling to see the goodness of God in this. Give another, another week. Yep, this is really difficult. Another week. Wow, I, man, this is tough. Another week. Wow, God was showing me this thing yesterday and like, I can totally see his hand in it. 
And then he revealed to me about what he's got next. And it's funny because if it wasn't for these past couple of weeks or months, I wouldn't have seen that. (laughs) See, the process has to be walked through to get there. It'd be great if we could just get a revelation. But the process actually helps us get to that revelation. But let's not hijack the revelation by running and detouring. But actually, let's just go, God, I'm going to walk it. I'm going to keep submitting to you. I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And we're going to get to wherever you're going. You know, it says um, in Luke 24, 1 to 7, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, we're near the end of the story now, the woman took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes, how cool, that gleamed like lightning, stood beside them. (laughs) In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Remember how he told you, which means Jesus knew what was going to happen. He said, the son of man, which is me, will be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day will be raised again, which means Jesus knew the end of the story. And you and I know the end of the story. We sometimes think, well, actually, no, I don't, Bethany. I don't know if I'm going to get this job promotion. I don't know if I'm going to survive this job. That's not the end of the story. The end of the story is the promise that God's given you through his word. It's the rhema word that he spoke in your life five years ago, 18 months ago, 10 years ago. It's the things that he says in his word. It's the fact that there's always victory over darkness. It's the fact that love always comes through, that the nature of God is always good. We do know the end of the story. And yet we settle for the fact, well, I don't know, this this just looks like it's going to overpower me. But you know what? It's easier to sit in doubt than to live in faith. It is easier to talk the talk and not walk the walk. But the word says, I shall live by faith. And so are we going to dig deep into the trenches of our heart? Are we going to dig deep into God and and actually find the faith that he's got? Are we going to dig deep and go, I dare to believe that what you said 18 months ago will come to pass? Are we going to dig deep and go, that word that you gave me over my family will come to pass. The verse that you gave me for my son to know the Lord will come to pass. That when I read the word, God, I see that you're a God of deliverance. And so I declare that this work situation, you will deliver me from it. Whether that means a new job, whether that means just some miraculous parting, whether that means you have to have some hard conversations, but in the end, unity is found, is that God, I know you're the God of deliverance. And so that is the end of my story. is for me to get to the end of the valley, I need to know there's an end of the valley. And let me tell you, no no matter how dark your valley is, there is an end. There is an end. It may not look like what you think, but I tell you what, the nature of God is is truth. Our perceptions of God are not true. What we imagine is not true, necessarily. But God's nature is always true. So you might go, yes, I'm definitely going to leave this workplace and I'm going to get a new job. And God's like, what? Mm." But he's still good. 
might look different to what you think, but he's still good. But yet some of you have been given specific promises from the Lord. And we go, oh, yeah, but maybe, maybe not. Faith is having confidence in who God is, in who he said he is. And I know that many of us here have got things spoken over our lives that we need to pick back up and go, God, that's the end of my story. That is the end of my story. That no matter how dark my valley, no matter how many sounds I hear at night, which I hate, by the way, um, is God, I know that you've got the end. And we're going to get through this. And we're going to walk this with intentionality. We're going to walk this in relationship because I'm going to pour my heart out to you. And God, I know that you've got my back. Is that he deeply desires for us to shine bright in our workplaces, to be kind to others, to have unity with people. He deeply desires for us to raise great kids for the kingdom of God. He deeply desires us to have great relationship with our kids. He deeply desires us to have strong marriages, to live pure lives in marriage and in singleness. He deeply desires us for have, to have integrity and not kind of be tempted by even finance or whatever role and things we come in contact with. And no matter how dark our valley, that's still possible. Doesn't feel like it, does it, sometimes? Doesn't feel like you're kicking butt and it doesn't feel like you're getting through. We don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. We don't walk by our emotions, we walk by truth. And so whatever you're going through right now, whatever stuff you just think, this is getting too much, God. I did not think marriage was like this. I did not think this job would be like this. God, I I thought that I was doing okay and it looks like I'm falling in a heap. God, I I don't know how to be a mum. I want you to pour it out to God. Go on a drive, get on your knees, go for a walk, whatever it looks like, and go, God, this is, this is my deal. I'm really finding this hard. Pour it out. Invite him into this space of your life and think you've got to keep it together. And then begin to go, God, can you help me notice the small things? Can you help me see when I'm being unkind to those around me? Can you help me see when I'm beginning to think, oh, I can't, I can't, can't give anymore. It's just too much. I need my own time and space. God, can you help me see others and give to others? And God, can you rise faith in me to know the end of the story? Rise faith in me to know the end of the story. I love it if we all just close our eyes. God, I just speak over every single one of us right now, the nature of God. That God, Lord, some people here are going through really difficult times. God, some people here are just feeling really just overwhelmed, God, and others are feeling like, is this, is this it? 
I just speak over their lives, your goodness, God. I speak over their lives that you said you will pursue them with love and mercy every day of their life. Psalm 23, verse 6. God, I speak over their lives, Romans 8, that says nothing can separate them from, the, from your love. Speak over Ephesians 3, where it says that his love revelation will be beyond your imagination. Lord, I speak over their lives that you are true, that you will come through, that you are their saviour, you are their friend, that you are their king. And there's some of you here that have received just stuff, pressure, things coming in. We need to give it to God. You might have to create space later, but in this space with people around, just begin the journey of going, God, this is hard. This sucks. This is what it is. You know, sometimes when we give something over to God or give something over to someone, you can like, man, Bethany, you don't understand. If I start, it won't stop. That's okay. It's okay to kind of express something to God and then just like explode. <laughs> God can handle that. Not only can he handle it, he's like, please give it to me. Can't handle the, the pretense all the time. <laughs> he actually can, but he wants the real. God, I thank you that life with you is about relationship. That's not about religion. It's not about rocking up for stuff and going home. It's not about... Um, what we can just do for you or what you can do for us, God, this is, um, this is personal. This is two-way and I just thank you for that and I pray for people that really, God, are just bubbling this stuff and need to get it out. I pray you'd, you'd help them to know where that space is and how to do that process, whether it's journaling or talking, crying, singing, whatever it looks like, God. God, I just take off the pressure that there's expectation that it needs to be a big moment. That God, what, what does pouring it out look like for each person? I pray that God, they'd be free to just be themselves with you. We do, we just bind the spirit of expectation. And God, for those that have identified areas of things that we need to pick up that are small in our life, I pray you'd show those who haven't yet identified what they are. What are the things we need to keep watch for and Help us all to be intentional in those things, God. God, I thank you that your Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness, which means you pull us toward right living and right and right being right with God all the time. And so even in the small, thank you that you're going to pull us towards right living. And God, as people, we submit that. We submit to you in that. Do we need help? <laughs> I need help. God, I just release the love of God over these people that leads them to trust you. Thank you that you've got the end of the story. And for those that are feeling like they don't quite know it, God, I pray give them revelation this week in your word or through someone that encourages them or through even just their Sunday school training of how they know that God will come through. Pray plant seeds that stir faith. You know, right now, if you feel like 
this message may have sown a big seed, a small seed, but even just this this point of, you know, God, what is the end of the story? And you want a release of faith this morning over your circumstance, over your life, or over the words that you know God's given you. I, I love you just to stand to your feet. You just want a release of faith to pick up that word again, to believe what the word says again. And I just, I just want you to stand to your feet. And I just want to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to part, impart something to you today. I just keep getting 18 months and I don't know if there's someone here but you had a word spoken over your life 18 months ago and you dare not believe it or you've probably just pushed it to the side and you know it's true and you know it's of God but you've just pushed it down. God, I pray for courage for that person to believe again. There are people here and your kids are still unsaved. And when I say still, it's because it's been a long journey. And you're thinking, come on, God. God, I speak faith into those hearts right now. God, I speak faith. I thank you that you love those adults far more than their parents do, God. I thank you, Father God, for the words that they've received over their life. I thank you for the promises they've found in the word. And God, I just pray that they would, they, would, they would go back to standing on that firm foundation. That God, they've kind of stepped over to, I wonder if, maybe not, oh, you never know. But God, I pray that they would physically step back and go, God, that's what you said. And God, I'm going to stand on what you said. And if you said it, God, then my kids will know the Lord. Whether I see it in my lifetime or not, I'm going to stand on the promises of God. Some of you got financial struggles and you, you begin to just stop giving and even then it affects every other part of your life where you wonder if God is actually who he says he is. God says he will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. That doesn't mean all your wants, it means all your needs. And so whatever need you have right now, I want you to bring it to God and say, God, this is my need. I have a bill due last week on Thursday, whenever it is. God, I pray right now for a release of finance over every person that's struggling financially. God, I declare that your word is true, your nature never fails. And God, who you are will come through. God, I declare your goodness. Declare your deliverance, Father God, and I pray for the people that are struggling in this area that there will be a submission to you in this area of their life, that they would give over control, that God, that they would, instead of reverting back to doing things their way, that they know that there might be things and areas that they need to go, God, I'm sorry, I took control. I'm giving that back to you and allow you to be God. God, I declare supernatural financial provision in the name of Jesus. God, those struggling in their parenting right now, If you read the story of God and the children of Israel, man, God knows what it's like to be a parent. (laughs) That's some mental stuff right there. And he's got you. He's got your heart. He understands. And he's also got keys. Just bind off comparison in the name of Jesus and we declare, Lord, absolute a flow of just the Spirit of God. Lord, for the people that are struggling in this area to know they're loved. This isn't performance-based. Parenting has nothing to do with performance. It has to do with living in, in love and the grace of God and knowing that that's where everything comes from and then doing your very best inside of that. Holy Spirit, I just declare absolute freedom in this area, that there'd be no comparison, no competition, that, Father God, that there'd be a, a dependency upon your love, a dependency upon your grace,
And God, where there's that person that says, I am not good enough, I thank you that that is not what you say. That you are good enough. That even though you feel overwhelmed, you are good enough. And God has given you these kids for you. And it's hard not being able to be the perfect mum. This person's a mum. But God, I just take that pressure off to be perfect. And I just release them to be loved. Because being loved, we flourish. God, I pray for marriages right now where life is busy, schedules are hectic, or maybe this is just not what I thought it was. God, I thank you that marriage is not a construct of man, but it was your idea. And your ideas are good ideas. Your ideas don't have to, they don't fail if we submit to you. That you always bring good, whatever that, that good looks like. God, and I pray right now for every marriage in this room, whether struggling or doing the best they've ever done. God, I just speak integrity. I speak faith. Lord, I speak vulnerability. I speak intimacy. And God, I just speak over them that we'd be all in. Be all in. God, and where there is some strongholds or some things that are kind of you're finding really difficult in this space, I just pray, God, for answers. The right conversations, the right devotional material, the right message, the right just moment, God, that really shifts and brings a revelation. God, I speak revelation over the people that need it today and I release faith to believe that you will lead them to that place of revelation. God, for those who are single, Single again, widowed, separated, divorced, never been married. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, for faith. Faith to walk the way that Jesus walked. To be upright and righteous. Lord, to walk the path of faith. Lord, if they have a desire for a relationship, I speak that out in the name of Jesus. We forget to talk about this stuff, but if that's what you like, then I'll partner in faith and go, God, you are the God of what sometimes seems like it's impossible. And so, God, I pick up this and I just say, come on, let's go. Let's believe that God's got it. I speak faith, God, over our hearts and our spirits to walk steadfastly in you. Workplace challenges, God. We just release faith. What's the word that God's spoken over your heart? What's the verse that he's dropped into you, your spirit, and just pick it up again? Pick it up again. God, we just shift our hearts right now from the natural to the supernatural. We declare that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. No mind can see the good things that you have in store for us. And I thank you again for your goodness and your grace. 
I thank you, Father God, that right now every person standing or sitting, but God, right now those that are seeing that saying, God, I, I need a breakthrough. I need, I need you to tell me something. I need a revelation. God, I pray right now that you'd, you'd invade their reality. That's what you do, God. You invade humanity and our reality. And so, God, I speak over their life that whatever is needed right now, that you would invade their reality and the pursuit of your goodness and mercy and love would be evident in their everyday life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.